Bienvenida and welcome to a special episode of Spirit of Avalor with your host Lauren. And Becca. And today we're interviewing a crew member on Elena who is awesome in his own right. He composed or helped to arrange um, some of our favorite scores and that is Tony Maras. Bienvenida. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, welcome. when you were a child, like what kind of things interested you? Like, did you like animation? Were you an artist? Did you like to, um, obviously I know you're into music, but I mean, when you were a kid, like, did you like to read? Did you like Disney? What, what was your thing? Yeah, well, I loved, um, I loved music, um, as far as I can remember, um, and, uh, just had always, always enjoyed listening to it and eventually felt the urge to, you know, learn an instrument very young. Um, I would say when I was uh, six, I really wanted to learn how to play the guitar. Awesome. Uh, and I can't really, you know, pinpoint, you know, I, I just listen, I just love music and it just seemed like something I wanted to do. My parents were willing to um, buy, you know, just a beginner guitar for me and, and sign me up for some lessons. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of it. And it took a couple years before I could learn the instrument because, you know, when you're six, you're small. Yeah. And you also have you have a six year old's attention span. So um it didn't really take to it until a couple years later when I was nine and then I was ready to absorb, you know, all the process it takes to learn an instrument. Um and obviously at the same time, you know, I, I always loved movies, I obviously love cartoons. Um, I would watch them every day after school, definitely watch them all day on Saturdays. Um, so yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, learned more about my instrument. The older I got started taking formal lessons, had a good school program that actually offered music as part of the uh, curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm moving into like kind of, you know, high school years where we had, uh, bands like a jazz band, a choir and all these other Mm -hmm. kind of classes you could take mm-hmm. so um taking lessons privately learning lessons learning how to play guitar songs you know rock songs or whatever i would like like to listen to from friends who knew how to play them mm-hmm. learning at school about formal reading music other styles it just it was like all encompassing and all like how i absorbed the entire process awesome yeah i picked up the piano wow. when i was about 11 or 12 like learned wanted to learn how to play it and i play by ear mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun. It brought me so much joy, and it was very therapeutic. Yeah, so I feel like the first thing that you learn how to play, the first, there's like a moment when you learn an instrument where you are first able to play something, whatever it is, if it's mm-hmm. a full song or just a little part of a song where mm-hmm. it clicks, right? Did you have oh, that? Because yeah. I know I yes. did, and it was, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was when I actually learned how to play Part of Your World for the first time. Mm, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, it's great. Music, music has always been kind of a part of my life. So, what were your favorite movies growing up? Like, what was your favorite Disney character? Do you have favorite like Darkwing Duck, Ducktales? Like, what would you like? <laughs> well, I definitely watched Ducktales. Uh, Darkwing Duck was great. You know, I, the movies I watched. You know, obviously all the classic animation <laughs> movies growing up. <laughs> Little Mermaid kind of sticks out for me because. It was released when I was uh, a young boy, and I remember going to the theater to see mm-hmm. that. 
and um, experiencing, you know, mm-hmm. that aside from at the time, the only other way you could see it was if they were ran on cable or on a TV special. Yeah. There used to be Walt right. Disney special they would air. Mm-hmm. Um, or eventually VHS cassettes, yep. right? Yep, yep, yep. So, yep. Um, those were great. And uh, Tiny Toons, you know, moving not really from Disney, yes. all I all, no, all the okay. animation stuff. Yeah. I, I always no, love I, it. I love the Animaniacs. I grew up on that. I grew up on, mm-hmm. obviously, Disney stuff, but I also grew up on Nickelodeon stuff, too. So, not yes. just strictly Disney, but, you know, mostly give or take. But, yes. Yeah, I was happy to just sit and watch hours of that as a kid. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, you know, and then, um, yeah, and then eventually I found, you know, found myself here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's um, let's go there. How did you get to working for um, working on our girl? Like, that's what we call her affectionately. Like, how did you get to working on Elena? Well, so <clears throat> I've, I, uh, I went to, I ended up going to college in um, Boston to a music school called Berkeley College of Music. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, um, my last year, maybe my junior year, I had met a teacher's assistant at the time who had graduated a few years earlier than me and his name was Kevin Kleesh. Kevin would um, so Kevin would be around the department and the film scoring department where I was studying and we became friends. Fast forward a few years later I moved out to Los Angeles. Kevin had moved out to Los Angeles and both of us had, had um, you know started to pursue careers in um, scoring for films and TV and so forth. Uh, eventually Kevin um, was hired to score Sophia the First mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of his long-standing relationship doing Disney films. He also did a lot of work with Alan Menken. He mm-hmm. uh, was a you know go-to orchestrator, composer, so forth. Mm-hmm. So Kevin was working on Sophia the First, and at some point, the music department at Disney Television Animation were starting to look for composers to consider to hire for Elena. Mm-hmm. And Kevin had, um, you know, us being friends. They, you know, they were looking for someone who could um, compose for orchestra in the Disney style. Also somebody who had a guitar background, which I did. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of the, you know, Elena plays guitar. Family yeah. plays mm-hmm. guitar. So there yeah. was going to be yeah. guitar incorporated into the score. Mm-hmm. So he um, thought about me and he passed my name along to them. And um, they had given me a call, and I went through an interview process and, um, you know, had to do some demos, which means, you know, they would give me some ideas on what they thought the sound would be, and mm-hmm. I would, you know, write something based on that, mm-hmm. would, would be my interpretation of it. Yeah. And um, going through that process, eventually they decided to hire me, and that's how I got here. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it was really exciting, really neat. Mm-hmm. So, Becca, why don't you tell Tony your story, and then I'll go. Okay. Um, So, my story has to do with Home for Good. Mm -hmm. And so, in 2017, when Captain Turner Returns, when it aired... One of my favorite episodes. R2. R2. Um, But I had just had cataract surgery. Mm -hmm. like a few days before it aired and so and i have a an eye disease called retinopathy prematurity so the cataract surgery was not your typical cataract surgery i was i it 
took a year for me to get my sight back. And so, you know, I was um, in the process of recovering and uh, Captain Turner Returns, you know, came on and I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. I could see movement. I could see the color, but I couldn't tell really what was going on. But I didn't need to because um, Home for Good just like it helped me so much and it still helps me to this day. I listen to it every single day. So I wanna I wanna thank you for for that song because it it really helped me through through that time of recovery and and just you know it's it's a very soothing song. Well I'm happy it reached it touched you in that way and you know, um, John Cavanaugh is, was the official songwriter. I'm not sure who, and I'm sorry to say, it's if okay. he also wrote, co-wrote the lyrics or not. But I will say, so how it works. So just so you know. <laughs> so I composed the music that is all around the episode, not the songs. Mm-hmm. But okay, yeah. the songs, they send me the songs after they're written and recorded. And they have, they ask me to layer and produce orchestral instruments over it so as needed so sometimes there's songs that have a lot of it a lot of you know full orchestra behind it and sometimes there's songs that have very little or none home for good was and and they usually send them to me just as far as the process goes i get the songs way before i actually start scoring the episode itself so So this particular episode, I probably wrote the music for it six months after I, re- I worked on Home for Good. Wow. Like way out in front. Yeah. And, but I was always drawn to that song. I thought, wow, really, what a really beautiful song and um, a really cool thing to be a part of. So um, I'm glad, I'm glad you, um, it helped you and, it, and um, you know, it touched you in that way. So, this, so the music that we hear, like the piano part and the other the other. Mm-hmm. Inspiration that are in so that is what when julian is recording that mm-hmm. no part and the other part is what she hears when she's recording it exactly okay and sometimes they'll like when she gets involved they have usually done a early version of the song mean meaning piano for sure maybe a handful of whatever other instruments are in the specific song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they probably had a, a, a temporary drum mm-hmm. kit, temporary this and that and the other. Yeah. She'll record the vocal, and then they will take that music and go to a studio and record live musicians on top of the vocal. Okay. So they'll, re- they'll replace whatever they would like to replace. Maybe they'll replace the piano, they'll replace the drums, or they'll add another drum mm-hmm. or add another guitar or whatever. Then they take that piece of music, once it's produced there, um, they send that to me after it has the live musicians, after it has the final vocal, so Julian. (laughs) And then I put the orchestra on top of it, meaning, and I program that here at my studio um, with uh, samples and computers and stuff. (laughs) And then I send it back to them, and then they do a final mix. And then that piece of music is what you hear on TV. Okay. Cool. Wow. It's a lot of stuff. No, no, that was cool. Yeah, it's a lot of um, 
collaboration, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts, and that's why that's also why we do these before I score an episode. Because, for example, when I'm working on that episode, I'm just focused on the music for the scenes, and right. there's just no time to worry about producing mm-hmm. a song on top of that with the schedule that we have. Yeah. Right. One of our favorite scores is in Coronado in Song of the Serenas. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, I mean, that just completely takes you there. When you hear that, you know you're in a completely different world from Avalor. It's almost like you're in a different world from Avalor, even though you know Avalor is just above them. You know, mm-hmm. give or take a few miles off the coast. When you're down there, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about, okay, we're in this world now. Marisa is going to guide us. We'll be fine. You know, because mm-hmm, exactly. she, I, I love her. We both love her. And she is just incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah, that score, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say that score um, is definitely one of the more standout ones, and I'm definitely very proud of it. Um, one thing we we tried when we were talking about, you know, what what is the sound of this underwater world? What can we do to differentiate it from Avalor? and give it its own color and an idea that uh, i had was to incorporate a solo vocal over the score like a solo mm-hmm. singer yeah. who would sing mm-hmm. not really see she wasn't going to sing words but she was just going to sing syllables yes and almost yeah. like character of like a serenus mm-hmm. type character mm-hmm. and um they loved the idea and we tried doing some demos with that and it worked out great and ended up hiring this wonderful singer. Her name's Tori Letzler. And she came in and uh, we had a full uh, recording session with her singing over the score. Mm-hmm. Craig was here. The producers cool. came over and, um, you know, we were very, very happy with the way it turned out. And it and definitely felt like it gave that underwater world just the right sound that it needed. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely did. And even when Marisa is, you know, on land with Elena, you can still hear it a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. Um, and one of the, I don't know if this is what you were talking, what you were, were meant when you, with what you said about like no backup at all, but one of my favorite songs that actually doesn't seem to have a lot of that, it has some, but it's not like in your, in your ear, like uh-huh. is A New Tale. Um, yeah. Maybe you guys prefer Tell A New Tale, I, whichever, um, the one Marisa sings to explain to Elena, like her story. And that she's not this monster. And I loved the guitar in that. That just, I mean, that pretty much just set the whole scene. And yes, Miel, you're the one who described it, and I'm grateful to you, and it was awesome. And I can actually see it the right way. But it just, when, you know, like when I first, when we first heard it, in my mind, when the, you know, guitar started and Marisa started to, you know, to sing, I was like, okay, she's... I can see my mind just kind of pleading with her to listen to her. This is, you know, I, she needed to tell her something. And it showed how much Elena has grown. I mean, she has more grown to do, but it showed how much, because she was willing to listen, you know, even though, yes, yeah, she was hurt because her Tio was killed. Oh. And, you know, and all that. But she was also willing to give these two, Serena's like the band for the doubt because they weren't the ones to do it. And then... Yes. You know, and that whole special is just amazing, and it's so so timely, especially within um, 
our chance when Marisa goes up to her papa, you know, and she's like, even the seeing the land me at the shore, we can bridge that gulf if we try. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, that is the most profound thing. She, I mean, I love everything, but that is right there. That is the core message that we need to be using in this world today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That song really uh, hit home, and it definitely, like you said, was timely. Um, our Chance, I did work on that one, um, and definitely um, added the orchestra to give it the build, and, you know, plus it comes in, I believe, the second half of the yes. special. Yeah, it's yeah. when um, Marisa, after she saves her life, she takes her down to talk to, right. you know, her papa and stuff, or, you know, they're both of her parents, I'm sorry, not just Pescaro, and, um, you know, and Daria's ready to throw her out, you know, and all this, yeah. and she's like, no, you know, this is what's going on, and what struck me, and I know it struck you too, Becca, but what struck us both is that Elena was pretty much pleading for them to help save her life. Yes. To, to yeah. you know, to help. It wasn't just getting rid of Shuriki, it was the fact that if Shuriki had succeeded, she would have been she would have been killed uh -huh. who knows what would have happened to Esau you know I mean she was pleading with them to save her to save her life and to save her from India I mean it was just it and you could tell in that scene she has learned from her fiasco with um King Viraga like she did not say something like she said and wrote in the Jack one so I've been ruling a year yeah a year means nothing honey so <laughs> In this case, she just got, tried to get through them the only way she knew. And I was, I was crying. Like, I, we I both crying. were sitting here crying, you know. And it, you just wanted to hug her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great episode. Back to home for good for like one or two seconds and then we'll move on. Yep. Um, what I, what struck me with that song, and I, I mean, I love it too. It's, it's awesome. And I've actually been able to speak with Jillian twice. She's really sweet. We're trying to get her on the podcast, but I was able to talk to her, um, on other podcasts and she was really receptive to what I had to say. And she she was really cool. Um, so shout out to you, Jillian. You were awesome. Please come on our podcast. We want to talk with you. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, what really caught my attention with that song and even just that scene is that here Naomi is, you know, excited about her mother, you know, coming home after, you know, a long while away and all this. And she's wanting to make the house semi-perfect and wanting to, you know, make this a nice, you know, homecoming. And here Elena is helping her to do so when her heart is probably breaking because her mama, well, you know, she watched her die. Yeah. And her mommy is not coming back. And it, I mean, for Isa too, I, I'm not trying to leave, we love Isa. I'm not trying to leave her. I'm just, I'm just saying for this instance, yep. you know, that it just, you know, that makes Elena even stronger. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. more about her, her supporting her friend and not, and being selfless. Oh yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah, she's a right to feel the way she does. I'm not saying that's a, it's not a bad thing. It's normal. I mean, come on, you know, but at the same time, she's, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, that just, that made me love her all the more. It was just awesome. But, um, so were you able to read my piece? Yes, I did. Very touching. Very, um, very, um, thank you for sending that to me. So I knew, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, very, very touching. I'm, again, kind of the same way with the other song. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm definitely um, 
thankful and, and appreciative that the that the song you know touched you and moved you and was able to help you and support you uh, in the way that it did. Oh yeah, I mean, I also, I mean, it also helps obviously when I get triggered. Like I did today at the grocery store, and I was listening to it on the way home. Mm. Not on the way home. Sorry, before I called you, Becca. Before I called you on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so I mean, I use it even, you know, I mean, I will listen to it other times. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's awesome. And it even helps me write, you know, it'll inspire me, you know, for what I'm working on. But I mean, you know, it's, it especially like helps in the middle of the night if I wake up from a nightmare or something. I don't have those often, but when you have the type of trauma that I, that I, that Becca and I have, that can't happen. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just your mind just, you know, bringing up that yeah. stuff. It's yes. not, you know, but the, sorry, but the point is like, I'll turn that on after, you know, waking up and stuff and that'll help me, you know, calm down and actually fall back to sleep within like 15, 20 minutes or so. And the same with, um, a new tale, our chance I do use for that, but since it's a little upbeat, I usually use our tale, especially if it's in the middle of the night, because that's a little more soothing. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it makes any sense. I'm not trying to. I love both. It's just that one. Well, I mean, it's only it's it's human nature, you know. Yeah. If you're hearing a piece of calming music or something that's you know, well, let's say the opposite. If you're hearing something that's upbeat and up tempo, yeah. it's probably not the first thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Definitely not. But um, but yeah, the other songs that we really love are the sister duets like we love elena and isa's bond we thrive to see we want to see it so badly more so in season three hopefully that will happen you don't have to say anything i'm just saying i can't say (laughs) i know it's okay you don't it's not a pressure thing i was just saying what we liked another episode that you guys did i don't know if you scored it but one that really spoke to us very personally was race for the realm yes yes i did score it i've scored them all since the oh uh, sorry I was thinking because you said you didn't work in a lot of the vocal songs, and I thought that meant they maybe didn't score the episodes they came from, you know. Oh yeah, no, no, I okay. scored every okay. every one okay. ever since the first episode. Gotcha, but yeah, that episode when we saw that, like we cried because that yeah. is what we oh, went yeah. through every day. Wait, I'm sorry, you cut out because what? Sorry, I said we um we cried because that is what we go through every day. Yeah. So- with- what Elena was going through, what she kept, when she kept seeing, having flashbacks to, you know, her parents' murder, and every time she heard Shuriki's name, she would disassociate and start, it would right. trigger her. That is that is exactly what Becca and I go through every single day. Oh, yes, and, that's really for you. I mean, definitely. And that episode, like I told Craig, I was like, that episode definitely says we see you because I feel like... PTSD and I'll, you know, in whatever form it takes and whatever trauma it's, you know, it stems from, it's so, um, it's treated very stereotypical in media and it's perpetuated by, by actual people who don't either don't want to learn about it or don't, or dismiss people who have it. And I've one of those people that have been dismissed. And so is Becca and it's very hurtful, especially when it's not media doing it. And it's just that episode just made us feel very validated. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it made you, um, made you guys feel that way. Um, also a great one. Rome of the Jackman was the first, uh, double episode, right? No, no, no. I said race for the realm. Race for the realm is season two, episode 10. It's when they go after the last part of the scepter of night and she keeps getting triggered whenever someone mentions Shuriki or whether she sees Shuriki yeah. and 
she flashes back the first one is her cleaning Issa off before their parents show up then you see her go to the balcony uh, yes yes the beginning of the episode yes, yes. okay got it right huh? yeah yeah race for the realm was what really really spoke to us i mean that yeah. i mean any given day beck and i are both you know could be triggered by for me it's more of a it's more of smell of cleaner Mm-hmm. And a certain type of cleaner that just are you okay? Can be okay if I say this? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it reminds me of being in the OR and how helpless I felt. Mm. And trust me, that's not a good feeling. Like an association. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with like beeping cash registers. That rem- obviously reminds me of heart monitors and stuff. And just it's, I am working through it, but obviously, obviously it's not going to be overnight. And it's very hard. It's it's a little easier when you have support, but I don't have support. Like I have I have you. I don't mean that. I don't mean that, Becca. I mean I have you. But what I mean is like I don't have feminine support. Like my parents think I should just get over it, and it's my choice to. And that's not how it is. You have right. to work through it. It's not a choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah um, for sure. So before yeah. we have to let you go, I want to tell you my let love light the way story because it is amazing, actually. Oh yeah. Side. Yeah. Great song. But oh yeah, awesome song. So. When that episode aired, I was going through the same thing technically that Elena was. Like, not with everyone wanting me to be places, but people... I was spending Navidad with people who just weren't... had lost their spirit. Like, as in, like, they... It was the gifts to them, or it was the food, or it was... Everything had to be perfect. I was actually spending it with a family member who I'm not going to mention on air um, who was doing that. And it was upsetting me. I'm not going to lie to you. Because, uh-huh. you know, I mean, I, you know, yeah, the presents were great when I was a kid, but I was, I was raised, you know, I was raised in a home where we knew exactly what the true meaning was apart from all that. And we still had fun. I mean, it wasn't like, but at the same time, like I grew up wanting to do service stuff on Christmas. I grew and still, you know, doing that. But at the same time, it's like, I grew up spending Navidad with familia, you know, eating the rice and beans, doing everything Elena mentions in Home for Navidad, which is another favorite song I love, you know, and mostly and think you know things like that so i grew up that kind of way so see so this that year things just went really downhill like the person i wanted to spend navidad with i couldn't we had to do it a week early and then the person i was spending it with was just really just emotionally abusing me and just like really just ruining what she like i said she she was thinking other things were important kind of like what elena's subjects were doing definitely donia paloma so let love like the way when i first heard that like i i did cry because i was like okay this is what it's about this is you know um and i started to challenge myself to actually do that to stop for three seconds and really think about what I'm going to say to someone who is like ticked off at me or around that time or you know might be feeling something underneath that they're not you know because people the holidays are hard for a lot of people and you know and it wasn't like I wasn't going to let this person walk over me that's not it I put her in her place verbally a couple times in a respectful way but still I'm not I'm like Elena like that like I'm not going to let someone you know talk to me badly or talk about me you know and I just but it was that episode that actually saved my own Navidad because every time, like, I would get upset or, you know, get discouraged, like, I would watch it and it would remind me, okay, no, this is what, you're on the right path, but this is, you know, it's not going to be easy, but this, 
you know, it gave me hope, especially that song. And mm-hmm. that's why that's why I started the hashtag on Twitter, Love Like Elena, and I put inspiring and, you know, loving and accepting, you know, quotes up there, you know, just things to help people. Um, because that really, really lit a fire in me. That really that really touched me. That's great. It's a beautiful song. I'm glad it um I'm glad it inspired and, and moved you in that way. Oh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, I love it also because, again, it illustrates and it demonstrates Elena and Issa's bond because what drove Elena to do that? It was Issa crying and saying that she wanted to go home. I I know some people out there think Issa was being a brat. I've seen people write that. It hurts me because that's not what was going on. She was not being... There's nothing bratty about that kid. Yeah, she can be a little... She can get a little attitude, but that's... She's growing up. Come on. You know, she's always going to love her. It's not like, you know, they'll always be close. But yeah, they're going to have some issues, and they should. Because Issa's growing up, and Elena's technically her mama. You know, in that in that role. She's not literally, but, you know, she didn't ask for that. Not that right. she wouldn't do it, but she's doing it wonderfully. But, you know, I'm sure that she didn't picture herself at 18, 19 years old raising a 12-year-old. And... It doesn't think of it as thankless. I don't think, what I just mean is that, you know, she never thought that this would happen. So my point of that whole thing is that it was Esau getting upset that drove Elena to say, okay, this, you crossed the line. You ruined my hermana's first Navidad without our mama and papa. No, I'm not, I'm not going to sell for this. This is going to be fixed now. Yeah. And that, that's how I interpret it, because I was like, okay, this is awesome. Not like that, but, it, you know, just... It, and when she took the guitar, I was like, okay, I, I think I have an idea what she's going to do. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. So who's your favorite character in the show? Who do you like? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. It, it probably it might shift. I mean, I might... You know, I, I, I have different times of endearment for different characters, and I think it just depends on who I'm seeing a lot. You know, obviously, I think Elena's my favorite because she's the you know the pillar of the show oh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but i you know uh, that's tough i mean i actually like i like scoring esteban a lot because he's is intriguing as a as a creative creative angle he's a challenge sometimes yeah i like i didn't i actually did not start relaying to esteban at all until snow place like home yeah right yes Great episode. That was a lot of that was a lot of fun to write. I mean, especially when he realized what he was doing and like why you know and put together pieces of you know why he was doing it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, I've been there." Not not the same reason, but I mean, I I've totally been there. Great character, but so I also love to score when we go back to when we go to Biostrea. I like the uh, that world mm-hmm. and um, the animals and the you know the the new mm-hmm. life form. That, yeah, that I love. We love the sunbirds. Those are our favorites. Like sunbirds, great. Yes, yeah. and then obviously we love Migs and his family. Estrella is our favorite. Yes, Estrella so and Mingo are Mingo are our two favorite Jacqueline's little blood cubs. So, what's what? been no. your favorite song to score? Like vocals, like like any like vocal song. Like what's been your favorite? I know you can't say anything about anyone that's coming up, but anything past. Um. Well, I would say the wisest words in the world. Yes, thank you. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, the it just was adventurous and it stuck mm-hmm. out from. It was a little more. I don't know, action oriented. Yeah, it was. Yeah, which is different 
the most of their songs are not that. Mm-hmm. So I really had a good time with that one. I still think I think uh, "Let Love Light the Way" is probably one yes. of my favorite. Yes. And pandemic. Yeah. It's like big ballad, big you know sweeping. First, uh, "Ready to Rule" probably yes. always gonna be a favorite one. Yes. Right? <laughs> the show because that was the first song I worked on for the show. I know, like when I'm cleaning the house, and I don't like cleaning because like I can't. I mean, I can do it, but it's not you know perfect. So I mm-hmm. can't see. So. And obviously, no one works to clean, so I have to have motivation. So I put on my Elena soundtrack and put on, you know, like in a folder of like all these other, you know, songs I have, and that one, and believe it or not, that one, and then, um, not Home for Good. It's um, oh, oh, Festival, Fe- Festival of Love. Those yeah. two get me in yep. the mood to clean. I know it's weird, but <laughs> my sister songs, like I said, that I go to and I like to listen are Hand in Hand. Because that one's awesome. And then Fix Anything is the other one. Because that one, I know you said you don't know a lot about that. And I feel like I don't want to touch too much on it. But I love it because it shows how much Elena loves her and how much she's willing to boost her up. Yes. You know, how much she's saying, okay, I can't fix this for you, but I will be with you and I will help you to fix it. And nobody's going to mess with you. Like, like, And I love that. I, I, I love that so much. And I just... You know, and then obviously in class act when she stayed with her, I was like, yes, this is going to be good. The other character that we really love is Christina. I love how Elena just changed this traditional dance for her to be able to do it. I mean, that just the no. made both of us cry. It was just awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very I sweet. I cry every time I watch that episode. Well, a couple oh. other things make me cry in that episode, but yeah, that that's one of them because it's just, you know, so, so, so sweet. And I love how when, you know, Christina obviously wasn't so sure of herself and all, and she, you know, and it was the, you know, it was basically a couple minutes before they were going to do it and she still, you know, wanted to hold back and Elena, you know, could have gotten angry and that would have been justified a little bit, but she didn't. You know, I love that she, you know, kneels down to her, you know, like down to her level because, you know, be, standing up for, you know, someone in which it's a little intimidating. So, you know, she, you know, she kneels down, you know, and she explains, you know, this is important, you know, that she'll, she'll be okay and that, you know, she didn't know what she was doing the first time either. And I love how um, Isa... And um, Christina's papa, you know, like cheer for her. I thought it was really sweet. I yeah. that was just awesome. And yeah. then all hell breaks loose. That was interesting. The way you guys contrasted what was going on in the palace versus outside. Yeah. That was top notch storytelling yeah. right there. Oh, thank you. That was oh my god. And even though I couldn't see it, I got the emotional impact. I was like, oh, crap, something is going on. And I described it because I have. Yes, yes, you were amazing. I have a little bit of vision. Um, You know, uh, if I get, you know, I watch it on my iPad. If I get that really close, I can see, you know, what's going on. So I was describing that to her. And actually, um, for Make Them Proud, um, I watched it. I watched Jill Maru at like seven in the morning and um, on the Disney Now app. And 
when that song came on and I saw the flashbacks, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I ha- I'm going to have to, I'm going to describe these to Lauren. And so I watched that song about 40 times over. So it took, it took me an hour to get through a 22 minute episode. Yeah. 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 And um, so when we talked that, that day, like later that morning, I just, I was like, oh, you know, the episode was amazing. You know, I cried when her parents came, blah, blah, blah. And you know, and you're like, didn't you, you know, cry during that? I was like, no. I was like, all she was doing was getting the Afwenda ready, putting down the Pandulce and all the other, you know. And then I, and then I, and then I said, no, no, no. There's so much more. <laughs> and then she proceeded to make me burst into tears. So, yeah. No, not like that. I just, but because I mean, seriously, I mean, you hear this or you see it, whichever, and it breaks your heart because. Shirky had no right to do what she did. No right whatsoever. And you see in those flashbacks just how much, you know, Elena and Issa were loved, you know, and just it hits you harder as to what what they lost. But muchas gracias. We are so thankful and grateful that you chose to gift us with an hour of your time. I mean, it was yeah. just amazing speaking with you. Yes, yeah. I was. Thank you I so appreciate much. you guys. Thank you very much so, for being such great fans. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm really proud and happy that the show has um, touched you both in the way it has. And um, thank you for reaching out to me. And um, Oh, yeah. And we definitely want you back. Like, whenever you have time, just let us know. Like, you're, it's an open yeah. invitation for all of you guys. That'd all be right. great. Awesome. Okay, well, have a good day. I hear you're you... talking to John tomorrow. Yes, we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, you'll have a great time talking with John. He is the master of all the songs. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. thank you so much. It was yeah, great. Okay. Adios. So, my pleasure. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Adios.